What's up? What's, what's up, up? What's, what's up? up? How we doing, guys? Bolt Bros All are right. here. We got a little special guest with us. Absolutely. The one and only Mark Lane. All right, guys. And so we are, as you guys are piling in, real quick sound check. Aether, how do we sound? All right. Yeah, Aether is one of our regulars. Yo, hey, what's up, DZ? <laughs> hey, DZ. Hey, DZ, DZ I, we got to uh, take our lumps. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. So, DZ is one of our uh, regular guys. Uh, yeah, I don't look like a uh, Mexican baker right now today, do I? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah, very good. Oh, we're very God right now. That's right. That's very I like God. That. That's awesome. Good job. Thanks, Aether. <laughs> all right all right you guys so uh so excellent um we've got mark lane as our special guest uh mark why don't you give us a little background of who you are how you're affiliated with the texans and uh tell us a little bit about yourself all right so i'm the managing editor of the texans wire uh it's a usa today sports property you can find it at texanswire.usatoday.com. We've got one for the Chargers, too, chargerswire.usatoday.com. Gavino Forquez does an excellent job over there. So um, I, I've been managing editor since 20, and I've been covering the Texans since 2017, and that's – basically where my knowledge of the team comes from. And I've been covering the NFL since 2013. And uh, that's basically it. Excellent. Do you have a, you don't have a podcast, do you? You don't have uh, anything oh, like yeah. that? Yeah, we have the Texans Talk podcast that you can find on, the, that's on Texans Wire. Uh, we okay. try to do that every Wednesday, um, but hey, I'm here. But so we're, we'll do one um, Thursday and Friday. I mean, Thursday or Friday. We always do one once a week. My co-host, awesome. John Crump, myself. That's Excellent. great. Awesome. I like that. That's cool. Like, we'll have to tune in one of these days, you know, because I, I actually do like to listen to the other uh, opposing teams uh when we actually get 100%. to play them and stuff like that you know so that's really cool yeah big reason why we started doing this as well too mark you know we really want to hear the other side of the story because it's so easy to just listen to you know drink the kool-aid of your team and just assume every other team is horrible because you know your team is amazing because that's all you study but you know right. it's always good to hear it's like our team is awful because we should not have lost <laughs> Because <laughs> they don't pay the other guys on the yeah. other side. They're just doing this pro bono. Our guys are getting paid to do this, and they lost. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you yeah, guys exactly. have had some bad luck for sure. And uh, you know what the Chargers have as well, too. So, um, so guys, I think the format, what we're going to do today, um, what we want to do is we want to go really about 20, 30 minutes of just us talking about offense, defense, keys of winning the game, so on and so forth, as we normally do. And then we want to go into your questions. So, Guys, ask questions and put in questions in the chat, and we will get to them as well and have a discussion. 
And Mark, I just want to make sure I, I know how much time you have. How much do you have? How much time do you have to uh, be on the pod with us today? Um, I mean, I, I expected an hour. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That sounds about right. Okay. Yeah, sounds right. Just want to be respectful of your time. Yeah. No, the, the problem was the time zone. It was like, well, yeah. we start at my brother's in Mountain Standard Time. So I'm thinking Mountain Standard Time. That's got to be Arizona because they don't observe. Yep. You know, daylight time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's actually two hours behind. So I, let's just go by. Let's, let's pick one time zone, Pacific, and set it for that, and then we'll figure it out. It's actually called it's actually called Charger Standard Time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I like to do is I like to send memes uh from the central time zone gang to my friends on in the eastern time zone and it's stuff like, Oh, it's getting late, nine o'clock, getting late, there's t- time to go to bed. Made by the central time zone gang. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah well i love it i love it well why don't we start with this mark um why don't you give us three keys of success that you want to see the texans do to to potentially win the game uh versus the chargers this week one they got to run the ball and they might be able to do that even though damian pierce is on the injury report with sure. a hip injury and they worked out abram smith today at running back yep. who played at Baylor, who was someone that we liked over at Texans Wire during our draft coverage. Um, they still have to run the football, and, hey, they might be able to do it because Rex Burkhead did it last year. Yes, he did. Oh, Don't remind me. Oh, my gosh, Mark. We, you know, me, all, all of us Bolt Bros were together in Arizona. We literally wanted to drink a whole bottle of bleach after that game. No, you, no idea. <laughs> it was oh, pretty gosh. bad. Yep. First, much attention – as week eight or yeah, eighteen got on Sunday night football and overtime and yep. all that. I think that was the game that sunk the Chargers. I agree. Hundred percent. Because they would have had that, then they I don't know how week eighteen would have played out, but it wouldn't have been as consequential. Anyway, so um they gotta run the football because it takes the air out of the ball, keeps Justin Herbert on the sideline. And the fact is the Texans cannot win an offensive showdown with the Chargers. Just cannot happen. So, yeah. number mm-hmm. one, they've got to run the football. That means – that doesn't mean which is what they're doing. All right, this is the Texans' run game, okay? It's actually Damian Pierce is, turn, is getting dirty yards. He's getting three yards in a cloud of dust, but he's turning it into – Six yards, five to six yards. That's their yeah. running game. That's why it looks like, oh, yep. wow, Damian Pierce has 4.6 yards to carry. I mean, why don't they just keep giving him the ball? It's because the actual run game is not generating those chunk plays, you know, like Khalil Herbert did against them yep. in yep. week three when it was like 57 yards. They're not getting those type of chunk plays out of the run game. Consequently, that means it's up to the passing game to continue to extend drives, and that leads to number two. The passing game is going to have to be efficient. The completion percentage for Davis Mills, I mean, it's going to have to get to 65% at a minimum. He's yeah. going to have to start clicking with guys that he hasn't so far. 
in Brandon Cooks. Um, get O.J. Howard a little bit more involved if you have yep. to. Yep. But the past yep. game, you know, everybody talks about you got to run. I mean, that may be true in, like, 1992. But yeah. in today's NFL, the entire game is built around the quarterback yeah. and the passing game. So 100%. at some point, you have to pass the ball. I don't care if you have the 2000 Ravens defense <laughs> reincarnated. I don't care if you have a backfield that features Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, and Ladanian Tomlinson. You have to pass the ball at some point. Yep. Although Absolutely. LT could, and so could Walter Payton, so you might. But it all comes down to, and the Texans, when it's come down to put up or shut up passing, they haven't. And that's really been the problem in the fourth quarter. Yep. Go back to one against the Colts. That 17-point comeback by the Colts, unanswered points, by the way, would not have been possible if – I mean, they would have got 17, but who cares? But it was the goose egg on the Texans' ledger that was the problem. If they would have even had a field goal in the fourth yep. quarter, they could have prevented all of that. But they couldn't even they couldn't score points because the passing game had petered out by that point. So that's number two. Number three, I think that they've got to generate pressure, get after Herbert. Um, and I think that they'll be able to do that because Jerry Hughes, he has four sacks through three games. He only had two through 17 yep. in his yep. last year with Buffalo. So he's revitalized playing for his hometown team. They also have Rasheem Green, who came over from the Seattle Seahawks, who's been yep. doing the job. So I think that they'll be able to get their sacks, but they've got to stop the run as well. They can't let Austin Eckler just, you know, have his chunk plays and so forth from mm -hmm. the run or even in that short passing game. And those are really Houston's keys to victory. If they try to play the Chargers game, they will lose and it will look – I actually wrote in USA Today Sports Weekly, I predicted 34-16, to 16, and I said, you know, who wins and why. I put – you know, that basically Los Angeles wins 34-16. And it's because, you know, they're built more for the modern NFL. Houston's yeah. built more for 1992. And uh, they're just going to outpace them at the coin toss. So that's that's really how I see the game going, just based on what I've seen from Houston the past three weeks. So, um, yeah, 34-16. Uh, Chargers. Well, you're uh, you're 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 more optimistic than I am. I tell you what, Mark. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thank, thank you for the vote of confidence because both me and my brothers here were like, mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and you have to remember, right? We we got our asses kicked. Kyle and I were at the game, uh, the mm -hmm. Jags game. Yep. Literally, I wanted to jump off the top of SoFi Stadium after that game. Holy smokes! Mm -hmm. I, I Having that, said that, I yeah, wanted to have a little bad. bit more uh, <laughs> more bottles of bleach. 
after that one yep. for sure. <laughs> Some more jungle that's, juice. That's, that's why I got my glasses on right now. I'm, I'm legally blind. <laughs> no, I, but you know, you know what? Uh, let's talk a little bit about your defense. And I know um, we could go into this a little bit. You got Desmond King, and you're right. Jerry Hughes is doing great this year. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple things on the offensive side that you talked about as far as pressures are concerned. And this is some information for folks that are on the call or on this, this thread right now for the Chargers. Just so you know, um, it looks as if Corey Lindsay is a game-time decision. So I think he probably will go. Our, our all-pro center will go. What they're doing, though, is they're going to move Jamari Sawyer, a rookie that we got from Georgia. He will be the left tackle, and they're going to move Trey Pipkins to the right tackle. So yep. that was announced today. So as far as pressures are concerned, you're going to go up against some guys that are don't have a lot of experience, Mark. I'll tell you that much right now, right? So um, Sawyer is a, a rookie. I think he was a fifth-round pick out of Georgia, I believe, something like that. Big dude. Uh, really big guy. I mean, he's 330, something like that. But they, they feel confident with him on the left side. Um, so could be interesting for you. The pressures could be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited I, to see that battle. Theorist, theorist, but I have noticed, and I, I haven't done my work yet this week. Actually do a – I should share it with you guys when I get done with yeah. it this week. I actually do a thing called Texans 100, where okay. I do 100 facts about the Texans and their opponent for the week. And I always have a segment in there, I mean a section, looking at the referee, looking at the crew, looking at – because I'll tell you what, I have been tracking since 2015, and I think the guys in NFL penalties have picked up on this, and they're doing it with all the penalties now, which is good. But since 2015, on my own count, I mean, I'm naughty and nice among the crews, among offensive holding. <laughs> nice. And, and, oh, some sacks are up when this crew's calling the games, and sacks are down. When... So I'll be interested to see who they also move on the game, because, for example, now this is – I've not looked at this year yet, but um, historically, Bill Vinovich, he hard, his crew hardly calls anything at all. And then you get someone like Ed Hockley's son, they call everything. They uh, call yep. penalties. Yep. You know, yep. I, I thought about holding on the sideline, unfortunately, like on the – you know. So um, I'll be interested to see who they move on the game because that could also – I think help the Chargers um, offensive line situation because if mm -hmm. they move a crew that overlooks holding, that could help you guys out. If they move someone that's a little more stringent, then you know you get dinged with a holding and you get backed up on a drive, and then now we're looking at a different game, one that the Texans might be able to keep up with. Yeah, and, and you're right. Like I think, I think Mark, what what you were getting at on the keys. Let me just clarify. For example, when I talk about the refs and all this kind of stuff, this I'm talking about in terms of the same an element, the same way you would talk about the weather um, yep. affecting a game. I'm not saying that the refs are actually controlling the outcome of the game. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. This is kind of like the ground rules of this particular week. Yep. No, yeah. no, you're exactly right. And, and and you brought up a really good point about the refs. I've I've always been frustrated when one or two plays affects the game, right? And it's a marginal call, right? I I, I was just thinking about uh 
interception Asante Samuel Jr. got against the Chiefs where he caught the ball, kind of repositioned it, fell on the ground. Well, they, they didn't call it an interception, right? And so uh, there was a lot of things like that against the Chiefs. It could have changed and swayed that game, but it was overturned. But that's just part of the game, unfortunately, right? You have to deal with the refs, and, and you know, they're human beings, right? Human beings make mistakes. Let me ask this question. Um, you guys got a lot of injuries, okay? Um, I'm looking at your injury list. You know, Kyle and I were complaining about the injuries that we are experiencing here on the Chargers. And, you know, it, it hurts us especially because these are our expensive players that we have brought in to hopefully make a Super Bowl run. So, you know, the Keenan Allens, the J.C. Jacksons, I mean, these are top dollar guys, right? Corey mm -hmm. Lindsley, obviously Joey Bosa is having surgery. But you guys got a lot of injuries, man. So maybe maybe walk us through a few of your injuries that are really going to affect you guys. I mean, the one that sticks out to me is Brandon Cooks. Um, is he going to play? I mean, he's probably your number one wide receiver. Like it just shows Brandon Cooks didn't practice. Yeah, didn't practice. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's get the real injury report then. Okay. Um, let's do that. <laughs> all right. Now, mine, I'm again, not trying to be a big shot or anything, but mine's from the actual teams. Okay? okay. And it says Brandon Cooks, not injury related rest. Jerry Hughes, not yeah. injury related rest. So, yeah. Those guys being on the do not participate list, did not participate list, that's why. And Hughes, that's kind of what they've been doing with him on Wednesdays. Um, okay. So I don't know the, this, this one I think is worth watching is Damian Pierce with the hip limited participation because today they worked out two running backs. Oh, they did. So Interesting. That. Mm. That's why okay. I think that you should take it. You should, that's the one worth monitoring throughout the week. Um, you know, Brevin Jordan with the ankle, uh, you know, they're tight end heavy offense. Maybe you look at that. He was inactive last week. Um, Malik Collins, the starting defensive tackle, three technique. He's on there with a knee. But this is comparable to his injury report in week three. But nevertheless, monitor it because what if on Thursday he also doesn't practice it? Um, even though week three, Thursday, he was limited. Uh, so those are the really the two I would look at is Malik Collins and Damian Pierce. So those are the injuries worth watching on the Texans injury report. Interesting. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. That's good to know because I was looking on that list. I was like, oh, my God, that is a huge list. So I'm glad you clarified. So good. it's not as bad as it looks. Uh, that's good for me to know. Cause we were, we, we were, you know, Kyle and I were talking about it quite a bit. Um, yeah. So I know we talk a little bit, and again, um, one of the other things we want to discuss, let's talk about your offense a little more too. Davis Mills, uh, your quarterback, where, where do you feel like he's progressing? What does he do? Well, what doesn't he do? I know you talked a little bit about his efficiency, that seems to be a little bit of a problem that he's having right now. Do you think that's a wide receiver issue? Do you think that's a pass protection issue? Do you think it's a mixture of everything? You know, what's your general thoughts on Davis Mills and, and gelling with his offense as well? I think Davis – okay, Davis Mills said it last year. He said that you can't go broke turning a profit when explaining why he checked down so much. And <laughs> I think that that's a, actually a really good strategy for his older sister 
that's in wealth management. As a quarterback in the NFL, I get you beat because the game is built around the quarterback taking a risk yep. at yep. some point. Yep. That's why with the Texans quarterback situation of of recent, you know, the quarterback, the game went through him. Whether win or loss, you knew that the quarterback position was going to be the deciding factor 100%. in why you won or lost. Sometimes in Chicago in like week, I think it was 14 of 2020, you just he sucks. Other times, um, you know, December the 1st, 2019, week 13, Sunday night football at NRG Stadium, and they beat the Patriots. Well, that's why. It's yep. because of quarterback play. And that's the thing with Mills is he's not factoring in to the equation either way. It's almost like he wants to avoid blame. Now, I think that's good for a backup quarterback, but for a starting quarterback, that's just – It doesn't cut it. It's unacceptable. It. Yeah, And I think that that is what would get him replaced is – and I'm talking – looking long-term and so forth, I don't think, you know, Kyle Allen and Jeff Driscoll are going <laughs> to replace him this season unless he gets injured. But just long-term, when you look at a franchise quarterback, those are not the makings of a franchise quarterback. Those are the makings of a, of a backup. Because take a look, for example, with the Cowboys and Cooper Rush. Yep, Cooper Rush, yeah. He's letting the – ground game and the defense kind of dictate the tenor of the game and he doesn't make mistakes. And, and you know, that that's good. But the thing with Houston is they don't have a ground game. They don't have a good defense. They need a catalyst from somewhere. And if it's not coming from quarterback, then, and that's why Herbert was so fun to watch. His rookie season was the chargers were kind of trash, but yep. he was, Keeping them in ball games, he was yep, the gunslinging it. That they yep. even had a chance or didn't, and that's the thing with Mills is he's not a uh, deciding factor in a game built around the quarterback position. Yeah, you, you bring up a really interesting that's point around point. that. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, you know, we're lucky we have Herbert. We, we've talked about this a hundred times over, but we got to protect him, and we've had a lot of injuries on the line, but that's not only affected our ability to pass the ball down the field, especially with Herbert's injury, his rib cartilage, right? So uh, interesting. I'll give I'll give everybody a little bit of an update on that today too. Brandon Staley talked about it. I've been reading a lot of articles. Brandon Staley said they're trying to work Brandon, uh, Justin Herbert into a rhythm, right? So I don't think he threw balls today. I think he's going to throw it tomorrow. Um, and he's just got to deal with this rib injury. He wants as much rest as possible. Um, having said that, um, you know, I think he's 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 an X factor. He's always going to give you a chance to win in the fourth quarter. But boy, Brandon Staley got a lot of heat keeping him in the game, uh, thirty nine to ten. You know, pretty much the game was over in the fourth quarter. Why was he out there, right? You know, if you want to rest him, arrest him, right? So it'll be interesting to see how they 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 manage that moving forward. I did want to ask you one thought though on our defense compared to your offense. Um, you obviously know Joey Bosa's out, so we we're going to have a guy named. Um, uh, Rumpf, he's uh, came from uh, Duke. He's going to be an edge rusher. 
Also, Kyle Van Oy, you know, from the Patriots, uh, will be also taking some edge rushing responsibilities as well. We did sign another linebacker for depth, but you'll see Drew Tranquil, the usual suspects. So we're going to be rotating a lot of our edge rushers. What? How? How is um? How is the Texans done at stopping the pass rush compared to Mills? Is he getting sacked a lot? What's what's sort of that looking like specifically as far as you know in the trenches on the offensive line? Yeah, I think the pass rush has been okay uh, for Davis Mills. He's had time to throw. Um, he only got sacked once against the Bears. The Broncos, they've got more of a ferocious defense as we've seen. They generated three sacks against him. Um, you know, and then you've got Indianapolis, the game that went on forever and ended in a tie. He gave right. up he gave up three sacks in that particular contest. Uh, you know, he's just I I don't think that it'll be that big of an issue because Houston the problems with Houston's offensive line is more so related to the center. Okay. Uh, they decided to go with Justin Britt at starting center, and he was the Seattle Seahawks center for 2014 to 2019 when he tore his ACL, took 2020 off just trying to come back from it. In 2021, he was his first full year, but even so he missed time because of his knee, and uh, he basically stepped away from the game for a little bit uh, after week one. And now they're just in a pickle at center. Sorry, and Scott Casenberry, they have the former – Raiders 2021 seventh round pick Jimmy um, Morrissey as a reserve. So center's just not exactly at that interior there. Then you've got Kenyon Green from Texas A&M, the first round pick, who's getting his reps and so forth. So I think if they can get interior pressure, that, that'll help. But on the edges, I think Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard have done a serviceable job. Okay. No, it's good to know, you know, and um, I do think, you know, again, it still sort of remains to be seen who will be playing as far as corners are concerned. I know JC Jackson probably will play. Um, I, I guess uh, Kyle wasn't, wasn't James saying that um, Brandon Staley essentially forced him to play on week two versus the chiefs and against his general wishes. Right. So there's some guys, you know, let's, let's be very clear. There's some conversations around, Knives are out for Brandon Staley already in, in week three. And so it's it's really interesting seeing how the, the fall from grace in coaching has has become kind of an issue. I'm probably going to do a video on it tomorrow as well, guys. So stay tuned for that. Um, I saw some interesting you know conversations around that. But I do think Keelan Allen is probably going to play. Um, and I do think Donald Parham might play as well, too. It sounds like they're they're both in limited practice. I do think that we'll, we'll play. We'll, we'll be fairly – Fairly good um, as far as injuries concerned, right? I think J.C. Jackson, Herbert will play, obviously. Corey Lindsley, if he's out there. So how how does Houston look on the corners, right, as far as giving up big plays, chunk plays? I know I'm looking at the statistics on this. Um, you know, I, there's a name that I recommend or recommend, recognize. Uh, our boy um, Desmond King, who I really was annoyed that the Chargers let go. So he's actually running cornerback for you folks. 
I mean, talk us a little bit about some of your your secondary, you know, and how do you think they stack up with the Chargers offensively or defensively, I should say. Yeah, I think um, Derek Stingley, he's coming into his own. Um, yep. Steven Nelson plays opposite. He's a pretty good boundary corner. Um, and Desmond King, they kind of use in the slot. They yep. do kind of a good job. Um, really, it's Jalen Petrie, the safety, that yep. has been dynamic on the back end because he just knows how to fake like he's playing man and then drop back in its traditional cover two. Um, and so I, it's so I think that the Chargers receivers, they'll be able to get their plays against um, Nelson and Stingley, but it it won't be like, you know, a track meet type of thing. Yep. I don't um, so Stingley, we noticed he was the real deal in training camp when he just started like breaking up stuff on Brandon Cooks. You know, when he just graduated from guys like, uh, you know, Chris Moore and Chris Conley. Now he's swatting stuff away intended for Brandon Cooks. So I think with the more reps he gets, he'll really develop. Right now, I th- I think he's just kind of starting level quality. You know, okay. so he's not a sieve, in other words. Got it. And maybe we should touch a little bit on special teams as well, too. I was kind of looking at your statistics. I know we're definitely improving special teams, at least our punting is. Um, maybe talk a little bit about that, because I mean, obviously these games can come down to that as well, too. So how how are your special teams stacking up? Uh, this season from what you're seeing and and give us a little bit of a rundown on that. Yeah, they really ha- they've really been solid. Frank Ross has done a good job of making sure that the transition phase of the game doesn't cost Houston. Um, I think Kaimi Fairbairn's missed one field goal this season. Yep. So yep. he so he's getting back to uh, his old self. You know, I mean at some point he's gotta earn that that contract extension Bill O'Brien gave him. Um, yep, sure. So, yep. Uh, so there, it's serviceable. Tremont Smith, he's been able to get some good uh, returns. Desmond King, that's also why they really like having him. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. A, he may, he's a threat to bust one, maybe not for a touchdown per se, but to just set up the offense and give them a, a short field. And um, so I don't think they've given up too much. Um, and I don't think that they're, like I said, they're not a sieve. I don't think that it's a vulnerability. And it's, but it's barely an advantage, if that makes any sense. Like, I sure. think that there could be a threat to have a decent return um, or, a uh, decent, you know, tackle the guy inside the seven-yard line type of thing with an ill-advised return as opposed to a fair catch. Pinning people inside their own five. But, um, yeah, that, that's where I see the Texan special teams. So I know – and I got one last thought. Um, I know the takeaway margin is so big. Um, 
And, you know, you guys right now are currently plus two in the takeaway margins from what I can tell. And the Chargers are at zero. We were at plus two going into the Jags game. And the Jags are actually leading the league right now in plus seven in turnovers. Um, so, I mean, walk us through that a little bit, right? What kind of defense are they specifically running? And, and you know, is there any other kind of information you can give us as far as the takeaways are concerned? You know, how is that a point of emphasis in training camp and, you know, obviously in practice and kind of so on and so forth? What's the point of getting a takeaway if you don't do anything with it? <laughs> it's a good point. Yes. <laughs> the truth, you got to score on those, right? You got to capitalize. They had for the hybrid, for the electric cars last year where, oh, yeah, well, I, I got a gas card here. Uh, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> it's kind of like that. Because last week, and this is why they lost. Jalen Petrie gets two interceptions. Yep, yep. And all they had to show for it was a goose egg. Yeah, mm. yep, yep. Two Dang. interceptions and no points <laughs> off of it. Not even one field goal. Nothing. And so that's really the problem is, yeah, defense is doing their job. They're getting the extra possessions. But really takeaways, unless you're cashing in on them, I mean, they just kind of make your defense look good. Um, yeah. It's like having a really loud muffler on your purported hot rod, but you got a yep. V underneath. I mean, it's really like that. Yeah, putting so, a straight straight pipe on a Honda Civic, you know, it doesn't really do a whole lot. <laughs> right. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, um, you're exactly right, right? You know, and so, that's, that's a big part of it. So, yeah, but that, but I think in terms of, Opponents looking at it, yeah, that pro that means Houston's defense is going to come up with one, and you better watch out. Yep. And they're not screw around in the red zone or something. Uh, but in terms of the actual economy of takeaways, I think Houston's not doing a good job with them because they're not cashing in on them. Yeah. And if you're not getting points off takeaways, I mean – it's just, it's like, why even, it's it's like delaying the inevitable, in other words. You're not actually trying, you're not actually winning the game. You're just postponing the loss. Yeah. So, Dang. Actually, yeah. I actually really like that. That, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that that's where the Texans takeaways are right now. Oh, and by the way, you cannot call them turnovers because Levy Smith seriously will like, he won't scold you or anything, but he'll make fun of you, literally, in the press. <laughs> oh, really? If yeah. you call it a turnover. So what you is have it called? Call takeaways in Houston. Oh, takeaways. Yeah, which takeaways. is then confusing because then as an editor, and I'm writing observations about the game, Texans takeaways, wait, I'm not talking about turnovers. i got to rename that. I'm talking <laughs> observations. Takeaways. Takeaways. Next I like that. I like that. Observations about the takeaways. <laughs> So, guys, um, throw your questions out there as well, too. I know there's a lot of comments coming in as well, too. But if you guys have some questions that specifically want to be addressed by Mark or Kyle and myself, uh, let us know. Um, so before we go into some of the questions, I wanted to kind of give everybody a little bit of an update on the injuries with the Chargers. I know we talked about it briefly a few seconds ago. I know a lot of people are really wanting to know where we're at. Um, I'm just going to go down the list. I would just say this. Um, Keenan Allen, 
I think we'll definitely play. Um, you, you listen to Brandon Staley's you know comments today. I think he'll definitely play. Obviously, Justin Herbert will play. That should not be a problem. I do think J.C. Jackson will play as well, too. Kyle, you, you feel confident in that, or do you, what, what's your thoughts on that? That J.C. Jackson will play? Yeah, I really yeah. feel like um, he's he's in this time, and I think this is more his choice that he wants to play this time. Yeah, I um, think so. And at this point, I mean, it's it's already been about four weeks yeah uh you know now with his surgery and stuff and so he's gonna be i think he's gonna be in you know fair shape now and hopefully feeling good and honestly like i think you and i talked about it a little bit and i think the reason why he actually joined the charges because the charges were going to allow him to do this surgery you know yeah Yeah. so yeah 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 you gotta wonder and then you know and the time timing of the surgery right, right before the season starts was just kind of perplexing uh you know is what it is right but uh but it sounds like Corey Lindsley's trending positive and Donald Parham, uh, our tight end, most likely will be there. You know, look, and one of the things I want to say before we start going to some questions and, you know, highlighting some discussion points, I've, I've said this over and over again. And this is one thing, Mark, I want to talk to you about too as well. Keenan Allen is really our third down target. It's, it's really Justin Herbert's safety blanket. And I, but the other person I would say is also Donald Parham. Donald Parham is a very tall tight end. I mean, he's what, 6'6, six, six, right, Kyle? Something of that nature. I mean, the yeah. man's just a, oh, six, a tree eight. out there. Yeah, he's six. Yeah, six eight. He's a tree, right? So he's a he's an absolute matchup nightmare. And you know, so he's great in the red zone. He's great in third down. He just you know, throw him a 50-50 ball up in the air. You know, he's got a pretty good chance of getting it. Nobody can really defend him at that point. Or or if they do, you know, it's a it's a pi. We got him from the XFL, so it's kind of interesting seeing him out there. So I think we'll be fairly hopefully fairly healthy. I mean, a lot of these guys will definitely be a game time decision. So, you know, um, I think there you go, DZ. He is a giraffe. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he's not super quick, but you know, uh, but, but he's, he's a nice matchup switch up. So walk me through a little bit about, you know, um, what your thoughts are on third down and kind of how you're going to handle your third downs, you know, moving forward, Mark, have you been pretty efficient at that sustaining drives or has that been a big, you know, sticky factor for you folks specifically. You're talking about it's the defense. Oh, offense, offense. Sorry, your offense moving forward. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, the problem's been the pass. Yep. I mean, you can't pass on third down, then I mean, you're toast. That's yep. really what Houston's been is when it's, I mean, and it even goes to second down. It's just yep. when. They choose to pass the ball, the chemistry, the efficiency, the execution hasn't been there, and then it's cost them. And so that's really where I look at Houston on third down. Is it's it's all related to the passing game. Let, let me ask this. Do you think this is a problem with your offensive scheme? Quarterback? What, what do you what do you think is struggling in that regard? Because the Chargers are dealing with that as well too. Um, you know we're, we're not efficient in third down currently right now, and I think a big part of it again, as I already highlighted, is Keenan and also Darnell Parham. I really hope Gerald Everett, our other tight end, was going to be that third down guy, and he just really hasn't been up to this point. They haven't gelled yet and gotten rhythm. What's okay. your thoughts on the Texans as far as offensively just getting into a better rhythm? Because if you look at it statistically speaking. You're giving up 19 points a game. We at least score 19 points a game, you know, uh, but you're only scoring like 16 points a game on average, something of that nature. 
So, you know, what, what is it that's holding you guys back? I, I, this is going to sound lame, but I think it's been playing on the road. Mm. That's, that's what Davis Mills mentioned in his presser today, was how when you play at home, there's not as many surprises in the crowd as, you know, not, not a factor and all this kind of stuff. Hmm. I think it's kind of been that. I don't think that they they played two back-to-back road games, which, by the way, is very challenging for even the best teams in the NFL to – Sure. I mean, well, let's put it this way. They can succumb to the two-game road trip. They could take right. double L's. It's Okay. So <clears throat> uh, with Houston, though, that's been the problem is I just think they're a better home team. and. I think that there, if there's a good chance that that could improve um, against the Chargers because they are playing at NRG Stadium. So uh, that's really kind of been the issue. And they played in re- remarkably um, uh, ele- venues where crowd the crowd gets into it. Chicago, yeah. Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think if this were at SoFi Stadium, I don't think Davis Mills would have to worry about the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's it's, true. It's, it's no, true. That's true. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that uh, the Texans are not a very good uh, road team, but honestly, as of last year, the Chargers were a very worse home team than they were a road team. Like, it was yep. completely opposite. Like, we we had we were like, I don't know, we were like maybe uh, – five of uh you know uh eight as far as like losing i guess I, we 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 did not win as many games on the at home as we did on the road and that's that was really sad to me yeah yeah it's extremely frustrating because you know you, as a fan you show up and you want to see your team play right you know but but at the end of the day um it, it is an interesting conversation right the charters are a very unique team right um you know <laughs> Fan base, so on and so forth. So, so let's go into some questions and and uh, what questions do we have here, Kyle? And then we can start going from there. I know we got about uh, a little over twenty minutes left here, a little, little yeah. under twenty minutes. Let's let's go into some questions. All right, and guys, from- keep your questions going, guys, and um, yeah, and let's get into it. Okay, so going back, we had a question from Aether early on. He says, uh, "Okay, so I have a question for a guest. My question is: Are the Texans expecting the Chargers to run the ball or not against the Texans' defense?" Yeah, I think that they're factoring it in because it has been part of the problem. And Lovey Smith talked about that in his post-game presser when they were after they just got gashed by the Bears. He said generally that happens because players aren't trusting the scheme or they're trying to do yeah, too sure. much. So I yeah. think that uh, I think the Texans know that that's a weakness of theirs. And that the Chargers are going to try to exploit it, and we'll see if they can shore that up, or if it's going to be poor Derek Stingley, who did nothing but his job, getting posterized by Khalil Herbert. <laughs> like, that's not his fault. <laughs> he shouldn't be on the poster. It should be like Roy Lopez for not maintaining gap integrity or something. It shouldn't yeah. be poor. Derek Stingley, the last line of defense, getting you know posterized. 
You know, you know, you, you bring up a really good point because that's again the Chargers have had a hard time stopping the run, and this year actually, you know, we've showed flashes of brilliance, but we've also showed some some very big gash runs. The one that I'm going to bring up, Kyle, if you remember that fourth and one, they went for it. What was that like a 40 yard rush? Um, and you know, it blew the stats out. We we're actually doing very well to that exact yeah. moment. Yeah. And it was just it was a dagger in our heart, right? And mm -hmm. we were done after that. And so. The team essentially gave up, but just what you talk a lot about integrity, and a lot of people don't really know a whole lot about that, Mark, right? Because that's important. Like the defensive linemen, they're not really there to get to the quarterback in most cases. I mean, you look at someone like, um, you know, uh, oh my God, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Uh, Aaron Donald, like for the Rams, right? He gets to the quarterback, but he but he's a freak of nature. I mean, that guy could be double teamed and still make it to, you know, the quarterback with gap integrity. But that's a big part of it, right, is is stopping the run, is having a fat guy blocking that lane and just jamming those those running lanes so they can't run the ball outside the backfield. So it's really interesting um, that you're seeing it that way as well, too. And, you know, I, it's it's something the Chargers – look, last year we were horrible at. This year we've been good at. But then we've had these moments where they we just get gashed for just ridiculous amounts of yards. And so – it would be very interesting to see how we handle that. Because I think if we could stop your run and then put the ball in Davis Mills' hands, to your point, that's exactly where we want you guys, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, next question. You ready? Absolutely. All right. Let's Shoot. see. So, we got one from Nick uh, Samurikov. Uh, why can't the Chargers stop the run? And why are the ter we terrible <laughs> at running ourselves? Yep. So, I mean, that's a really tough question. Like, well, it goes least, back to at what, least on our side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what I was saying, and exactly what Mark illustrated is, is gap mm -hmm. integrity, right? The yeah. whole point, the whole point of Brandon Staley's defense is to blow up the A gap, blow up the B gap, give them nothing to run through, right? And if you can do that, um, and the edge rushers keep them contained and push back into the defensive line, if you can keep that gap integrity, you'll stop the run. But you got guys like Jerry Tillery who, guess what, does not have any gap integrity. And you look at that fourth and one, guess where they ran it to? They ran it to Jerry, Jerry Tillery. He just got moved out of the way. I mean, he was just yep. moved out of the way completely. So yep. uh, he's one of our defensive linemen, Mark, and he's absolutely horrible, actually. we call I call him the speed bump. So, again, Nick, uh, Mark, ask, answer that question as well, too. You know, what uh, – what do you think needs to, to change on both sides of the ball in this, in fact? What is going on? For Houston? Yeah, what's, yeah, for what's Houston, going on with Houston? All yeah. right, well, Houston, I mean, they've, they've got to find a way to just get everybody involved in run blocking because, like I said, Damian Pierce, yeah, you look at his yards per carry and how encouraging is that and so forth, but, the reason why he hasn't been your fantasy monster and everything is because he's only getting 30 yards. He's only turning three yards in a cloud of dust <laughs> to five to six yards. That's it. And so when you're not having chunk plays as a result of that, when he's not getting to posterize opposing cornerbacks, then that's why the run game just isn't as you know effective and Eventually, they got to pass the ball. And it's really the same thing, like I said, with the Texans' run defense is they've – it's been a technique thing. It's yes. been yep. not trusting the system. 
and it's yep. been kind of a freelancing thing or not maybe not freelancing but thinking you have to do somebody else's job and just not trusting the system so that yeah that's what i say yeah you know you bring up a really good point i think one of the things that i love about football in general is it's a full team sport what i mean by that is everything has to go right for that play to work and everyone has to do their job and when they're not doing their job guess what it doesn't work you know if you think about it last year last year we ran the ball on the left side on average we, we gained six yards a carry right side we gained only three yards a carry i've said this a million times this year with all the injuries we've had on the line there's zero consistency on that line zero and so now even more on top of that conversation nick um you got a rookie starting on the left side with another rookie, Zion Johnson, right? And then, then you got Trey Pipkins on the right, on, on the, excuse me, on the left side, not the right side, on the left side. And who knows if, who our center is going to be in the game, right? And again, the consistency has to be there, right? It's not just Austin Eckler making a play, it's that line opening a hole up and creating those gaps for the running back to run through, right? So, again, it's a team sport, right? And I think, you know, stopping the run is the same thing, is you you got you to gotta jam those gaps. So, yeah, we've kind of beaten a dead horse on that one. What's the next question here, Kyle? Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think if anything, last, the last thing, though, too, is like I think our offensive scheme just needs to kind of update, too. I mean, and yep. I was going to say, Agreed. too, like, I mean, yep. there's, I, I mean, I showed a picture to my, both my brothers. It was a, uh, it was a defensive play as well about uh, us trying to pass rush but literally all of our offensive line were running rushing against only two players it was like yes. a, it was we i could we i think we called it what the uh the huddle up pass rush or something like that you know? <laughs> it's so weird like literally so what are you doing there there was like i think it was the left tackle was all by himself completely un un just he was just standing there he's like okay and then like on the right side same deal like you know like the he was like way off on like right field just like over there like okay uh, what the hell is this dude and trevor yeah. lawrence had all day anyways I, that was my rant i was just so frustrated with that so yeah just okay. just no 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 sound gap uh defense at all yeah I mean, it was horrible terrible horrible. terrible okay so i got one from shard 74 serious question really think about it first knowing the type of guy bosa is uh i guess it's for us with the bros here what do you guys think the chances of Joey Bosa choosing early retirement is? I get more nervous after he every injury with him. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting because Joey's made his money right, and you can kind of tell. I don't know. You know, it's it's you got to wonder where he's really at. I I actually know quite a few players that have played in the NFL. Um, I know quite a few players who played college football. And they, after a while, they get kind of tired of being hurt. You know, you're just yeah. sick of it. You're just sick yep. of it. You're like, I, I'm just done waking up with, you know, my back hurting and my and whatever, right? So, well, you know, I'm not like jump, fly from the top rope here, but also yeah. it's the rehab routine. Yeah. It's being away. It's exactly from right. It's exactly yeah. right. It's huge. That by the trainer. You know, yep. the off-season program and yep. stuff—it's—it's it's that morass too. I think that's why Andrew Luck retired too. Was he? Yeah, hundred percent. I can't do the rehab and all that anymore. 
Well, and and that's and that's why people start doing steroids, right? So they can they can fix yeah. themselves quicker, you know, um, quicker. Yeah, they they can rehab <laughs> much much faster, you know. Um, but but to your point, look, it, it's a big decision Bosa's going to have to make. I, I I would hope he would want to finish his career with the Chargers. I think that's what he would probably like to do, but I I do not think he would resign at all. In fact, with this injury, depending on how long he's out, I I foresee. And yeah, DZ, Tatis Jr. right there. You have no idea. I'm a huge Padre fan as well. And so it's been frustrating seeing that whole situation. But you're exactly correct, right? Um, They're probably going to restructure Bosa's contract because of this injury. Um, He's, as it stands now, depending on how long he stays out, he's going to have definitely an off year statistic-wise, right? So, and we got to pay Herbert. You know, we got to sign Herbert this year. So uh, there's going to be some restructuring. So I think that'll all come into play with potentially, you know, having a problem with Bosa being on the team moving forward. Right. So that's going to be a really interesting conversation for sure. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I do kind of think that he's, uh, he's the kind of a guy that would want to finish out what he started though. So I think he, if anything, he could, you know, wait till 2026. That's yeah. Of course that's, that's four more years. That's a sure. lot of that's a lot of years, you know, and playing on on this freaking field, you know. I don't know how do you feel about it, Mark, but like you know, I'm I'm kind of just doing a bunch of more deep dive into turf fields, and I'm like, dude, these things got to go. I mean, yeah. Look at all the look at all the injuries that we got. They're all like lower body extremities, uh, ankles, hips, ankles, hamstrings, hip, knees, hips. Yeah, you know, all that stuff. That's like all res- like there a lot of them non-contact as well, you know. So, uh. I feel like they just wear on you, you know, like these fields that they're just, they don't have any give and like, they don't move like grass does, you know? So I don't know. I guess that's, that's a question for me uh, to you actually. It's like, what do you feel about uh, your, your guys playing on those AstroTurf fields? I mean, I haven't really noticed that much of a difference, so to speak. I, I, I bring it, we, we bring it up partially because we were looking at a lot of your injuries on the list here, ankle, mm-hmm. foot, ankle, hip, hip. Right. Those were, but think about it. Those were taken playing on grass at empower field and soldier field. And they, and the Texans practice on grass too. Okay. So, they do. so that's why I'm like, I don't, I don't know that that's really an issue. Okay. Per se. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what, how that conversation sparks up. I I've, I've seen a lot of people talk about it and it's something that we've, we've stepped with the monitoring. They're trash too. If they mm-hmm. don't, uh, maintain it properly and guys are slipping and pulling groins, you know, one would yep. want to talk about it yep. in the early 2010s of what, uh, absolute mud bog, uh, university of Phoenix stadium was in Glendale yep. or whatever yep. it's called farm stadium now or whatever, but it was, you know, how's that any different than, uh, than a, uh, whatever problems a turf field can, can give you. Yeah. 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 And, and, and there's arguments both ways on it as well too. So yeah. we thought we'd bring it up. So what's, yeah, what's yeah, the yeah. next question here, Kyle? Yeah, sure. Okay. Next question from the comments. So, so DC wanted to ask us, uh, ask you guys about how's your guys' pass rush for, uh, the Texans. Uh, do you think have they been performing well? 
Um, what do you say? What's pass rush again? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take that as an emphatic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think they're doing well. Uh, like I said, Jerry Hughes, he's uh, yeah. revitalized his career mm-hmm. in Houston. We'll see how that lasts because, hey, it's a 17-game season now. Right. Um, but, you know, he's got four sacks through the first three weeks. Rasheem Green, I believe, has two-and-a-half sacks, maybe three. Yeah, I think two-and-a-half, three sacks. So – They've got the edge rushers. They can get there. Um, so I, I, even Jalen Petrie came as a blitzing safety, and he got a sack on Justin Fields. So the pass rush is definitely present for Houston. You know, you bring up an interesting point um, that I also do think that it takes and – and I said this in one of my last videos. I think maybe it was the offensive line video or the, the one prior to it. I said I, – I, I, maintain that it takes at least four weeks in the regular season for a team to even remotely find out what they really are. Right. And defense usually is always better than the offense typically. Um, So, yeah, I I still think these teams are figuring themselves out. Right. And, you know, unfortunately with some of these injuries, it doesn't make it easier to get a cohesive understanding of what really works well and what really doesn't. Right. So, you know, I guess it's nice to start out hot, but, you know, if we're talking about playoffs and a potential Super Bowl run, it's always better to be, you know, getting hot at the end of the season and getting healthy, you know, for a, for a Super Bowl push. So uh, I'm always curious to hear about that as well, too. What other questions we got here, Kyle? Yeah, so I got one left in queue. I don't know if anyone else has anything else. So if you got okay. one, uh, go ahead and spit it out. But we got uh, Pablo here. Uh, yes. Okay. Hey, Mark, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate the Texans defensive Front seven. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I would say that they're really kind of like a mid. Um, they're kind of like if you were to get on Twinder, tw- uh, Tinder and you saw someone and you swiped right and then they <laughs> swiped right like, well and then soon you devote to some of the uppers and then they're not calling <laughs> you back and come back to, hey, what are you doing? They're kind of <laughs> like that. They're a mid. I like that analogy. That's great. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying is that's what the attractive element is. The pass rush, Jerry Hughes, this old man, 34 years old, is getting sacks, okay? And Rasheem Green, who came over from the Seahawks, is continuing that development in his last year in Seattle. And so that, uh, you know, that pass rush is there. But then they've given up running huge rushing yards and everything. And Khalil Herbert's getting 50-yard runs and posterizing Derek Stingley. That's the part where it's just like kind of the beauty uncanny valley of, I don't know. So then that's why you don't just message immediately. So like I said, they're a mid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love I love the Tinder analogy. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> great. Um, okay, so DZ, and then I have uh, one from Aether, and I think that'll probably wrap us up here. So we got a uh, DZ asks, uh, "How's the morale for the Texans fans so far?" Oh yeah, they're like half are blaming Davis Mills, 
half are blaming Pep Hamilton. People are already wondering if Nick Casario's the problem, which let me tell you, maybe your organization's the problem if somehow you can get the brains behind the Patriots personnel acquisition throughout yeah. their dynasty and can't turn things around. Maybe you're the problem. At mm. that and no, yeah. I don't carry any water for Nick Casario. I did not go to John Carroll University. I'm not on the board of Blue Streak Athletics there, okay? It's just an observation. So that's really, it's a lot of infighting right now um, among Texans fans. They're trying sure. to figure out who to blame. And there's just, yeah. it's like, you know, there's so many options. <laughs> you know, you know, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting. Kyle brought up a good point. That about is, it's, like it's like the tender of blame. There's so many options. Of yeah, who there you go. <laughs> who swiping. am I going to blame it on? Just swipe them all right. Swipe them all no. right. Blame, blame everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but it's interesting because Kyle and I were, we, he, we, we were, again, just so you know, uh, Mark, we, we talk all day about football, Chargers typically. And Kyle was talking about how, you know, maybe it's Tom Telesco's problem, right? You know, with some of the personnel issues we've had, some of the injuries. And I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, he's bringing people in and they're talented people, but the coaching staff has to get that group to work, right? And I think that's what's so interesting about Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, he can he, he can get sub-tier players and make them work. And he understands that it's a team game. And I think sometimes – coaching staffs have these schemes and say, this is what we're doing, but they don't have the personnel to really execute it. So I think it's a mixture of both of that. Um, you know, and I, but I think also you know, a team game in terms of on the field, it's a team game in the building throughout the off season yep. with your personnel department and your coaching staff working together. Cause you know, it is true that coaches and general managers and so forth come and go and all, you know, who stays yep. like scouts who continue to tell you that, uh, you know, get to make their recommendations and so forth. It's why things don't change in organization. You're telling me that somehow <laughs> the Detroit lions can't have a thousand yard back. Since Barry Sanders, that's not you want to talk about conspiracies. Like at that point, it's got to be human error. It's not an accident anymore. It's a good point. It's a good point. Because they've got some scouts who need to go. They've been. That's why they're not winning. I don't even know if it's the coaching or the general manager. It's because these scouts have been there for twenty years making the same dang recommendations, and they need to go. And every now and then they do go uh, if they get big enough, like the vice direct, president, director of player personnel type of thing, they might go. But that same area scout is telling you that cornerbacks from some power tens, you know, power five school, oh, you know, they're doing well. We got to take a – He's telling every dang coach that comes through there, regardless of philosophy, you got to take these guys, and it's the same dang guys. Anyway, that's yeah. just the way I see it. You know, you, you yeah. know, you know. It's interesting you say that about uh, 
Detroit because I have DeAndre Swift on my uh, fantasy football team. I just put him down to uh, the bench at this point. So thanks for that uh, little pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, 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 hang on. I was like, let me get my, uh, fan, on, my fantasy okay, football guys. team real quick. <laughs> by the same token, it's like other organizations are just known by their position groups. Like yep. for some reason, Chicago's always got a linebacker. Yep, always, always, always. always. How is that? Is they've always had a linebacker. Like you know, the, the other thing I will say, I'll add one more thought to this. You know, Brandon Staley's getting a lot of heat, and I, I am going to do a video tomorrow about Brandon Staley and kind of the heat he's getting. Look, this is his second year, and he, and I think part of the reason why he's getting so much heat is he's brought in so much talent, and all of it has failed to this point so far, right? Yeah. You know, Khalil Mack is having a decent season, but he only had three sacks the first week and got nothing the past two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, J.C. Jackson's not panning out so far, right? Uh, you know, list goes on and on. And, you know, the amount of money that has spent on this team, it's going to start becoming a business conversation at some point, right? Getting butts in seats, fans being happy, um, that's what they need to see. And so, yeah, it really is an interesting conversation. So anyhow, um, yeah. I know there's one or two more questions and, uh, I know we want to be mindful of your time here, Mark. Yeah. Uh, course, yeah. Well, yeah, because we got to get to the autograph session afterwards. <laughs> that's right. <there. laughs> that's right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We got one more from Aether here. Uh, okay. he asks, uh, how, uh, Davis Mills prepared to face the. How is Davis Mills prepared to face the the Bolts secondary, especially if J.C. Jackson plays? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's gonna go out there and check down. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I'm not worried about Davis Mills versus their secondary. Excuse me, I'm having a paroxysm here. Um, no, it's going to be. Oh, look, JC Jackson has Brandon Cook covered. Here, Rex Burkhead. Yep. There. That's yep. how it's going to be. It is, yeah. like I said, Mills, his philosophy is can't go broke turning a profit. So long as he's not turning the ball over and possessions are ending in a punt or a kick then theoretically, Houston should be in the game to win. And they are in the fourth quarter. That is why they have been in the fourth quarter. But, dude, take a chance. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. At some point, you you got you to let it loose, to your point, right? And, you know, again, I go back to the Jacksonville game, right? You know, Trevor Lawrence didn't do anything especially crazy. I think they ran 75 plays against us. You know, in my, my last video, guys, if you haven't watched it, watch that video, Death by a Thousand Cuts, right? We, we just got chopped up, little minor stabs, little paper cuts across the board. I mean, one one of the scoring drives they had was like 16 plays. Another one was like 12 plays, right? These are long, sustained drives that they just kept beating us on. And they kept – and guess who was making our, our tackles, our corners, Right, these are guys that are yeah. supposed to be in coverage, and they were making corner. Uh, they were making the, t the sacks or the tackles, I should say. So, you know, it, it's one of those situations um, that you know, if, if you do the check down, yeah, you're right. You, you that's it's going to get you five yards, but at some point you do got to start unleashing, and that's why a lot of people like Justin Herbert, right? Because he's not afraid to to throw the rock, right? And so, 
But again, you got you got to question his accuracy with that ribbon injury as well, too. So um, again, to make a tender analogy, <laughs> <laughs> at some point you got to meet the girls. There you go. That's, there, there you go. If he's just continuing to swipe right and talk, he's not meeting anybody. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. All right, we're doing this. Tried to meet somebody, you get stood up, and Roquan Smith is there. I understand that. Yeah. But at some point, you got to take the chance and meet up, and he's not doing that. It's a really good point. I like that. Yeah, I like very that. good point. Very yeah. good point. Uh, you know, and and again, you know, Davis Mills. He's been in the league for uh, correct me wrong. Is it two or three years at this point? Two. Okay. Two. Yeah. So, and again, I think I think with younger quarterbacks, I think you see that a lot, right? The checkdowns, the easy easy play. But you're right. He's got to make a chance out there. And again, you know, to, to get the big bucks as a quarterback in the league and to stay relevant in the league, you got to get some fourth uh, fourth uh, quarter comeback wins. Show people you're a baller, right? The only people that get brought up in that discussion are people that are going to come back and make uh, you know fourth quarter drives and win games, right? So if he's not doing that, he's not doing that. So um, okay, any other questions here, Kyle? Before we wrap up, that's it. That's all. That was the last one. All right. Okay. Well, Mark, I will say this. I really have, it's been a pleasure having you on. And, and honestly, I think everyone really has enjoyed, you know, getting your point of view. It's like, it's been great. I, I really loved your animation and, and just the, the information you've had really. Why I couldn't you have anybody on if you're going to do the video, if you're not going to be animated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. He's going to sit like this the whole time. <laughs> I mean, look at Kyle, for example. He's look at his get up. Like, You've got to match that with your energy. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got the patches on and everything. Got the patches. Got, got, the, got the shades. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The whole deal. The whole deal. Right. Now, but you know, I'll just say this, Mark. This will be an exciting game. You know, and I and I thought a lot about this today. We, you know, Kyle and I and, and James, we talked. This is going to be a big test for both of us, right? I, you know, we got a lot of young players that are going to be in very key positions. The offensive line battle is going to be big. And, I, and I've said this year over year, right, um, or this year specifically, if, if we can get a pass rush on Davis Mills, I think things are going to go well for us. Because secondarily, bottom line, our corners are very good. We're going to cover your guys fairly well. Um, but if we can put some pressure on Davis Mills and get him to, to get a little happy feet, I think we'll be in good shape. So we'll see how that goes. Happy yeah. feet. There'll be more sack fumble type territory. <laughs> I mean, really, it will. Because he's really? not going to make that decision to chuck the ball. Because he's going to know J.C. Jackson and your second and Derwin James and so forth. He's going to be aware of that. So it's going to be a sack fumble type of situation. He holds the ball for. Do you think he holds the ball over two seconds in the pocket on average? Yeah. Yep. So I won't no if I'm wrong. With that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Well, it's it's interesting because it's, it's I did a video on this a while ago that. You know, most of the, the better quarterbacks, like Tom Brady, his average is one and a half seconds is is how long he holds the ball. So he distributes the ball quick. Gets yeah, it fast. Covered in Cal. Well, nearly both of them. But Texans 100 is initially when I found that stat of pocket time or time to throw, whatever it is, I was like, oh, wow, that's bad. This quarterback here, he's only got two seconds of pocket time. But then you notice, oh, there's an element of quick release to this. So sure. this could be a good stat. Yep. And we're looking at it incorrectly. Yep. 
Because yeah, I mean, the thing with Davis Mills is if there's no quick release, there's a hesitation, there's a hitch, and he's just got to let it go. Like I said, you got to meet the people. They may stand you up, but you got to meet the people. That's right. And you got to ask the question: Is it on like Donkey Kong? What's the deal here? Are we are we doing this? <laughs> no pants <laughs> dance? Is this happening? <laughs> Right. I had to say it. I had to say it. Yeah, yeah. and seriously, <laughs> that is, I think, the frustration with Texans fans is with the previous quarterback situation, there was no hesitation. Yeah. There was an intention, whether by scramble or throw, to get the first down to make yep. the play. Yep. And it's more calculated and risk assessment with Davis Mills, and that's just frustrating. I mean, it worked in 1982. I mean, Joe Gibbs would like this. I get it. But it's not working in today's NFL where they've made every rule since Peyton Manning's career, over Peyton Manning's career, to get the passing game to be the big deal. Yep. That just doesn't work anymore. Agreed. Agreed. That's why corners yeah. are such a premium and wide receivers are so important. Right. And um, yeah, agreed. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, we have one last question here. Uh, yeah. DZ just threw it out there. We, we can, yep. we can wrap on this one real quick. What is this? It's like when you get a genie and you ask, you wish for infinite wishes. Like, <laughs> that last question? I ask, can I ask for infinite questions? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. This is it. So yeah, is is Mills closer to Carr or Lawrence? Uh, as far as release time goes, yep. I'm yeah, not even. I, I'm not even sure. I was trying to. I was trying to find that metric that we had, uh, bro. Like, uh, where it was uh, it showed that whole demo, uh, that dot chart, whatever. But I, I, I don't. I can't find it actually. Yeah, I would say probably Carr. Um, Carr holds the ball quite a bit. He's about two and a half seconds on average. Yeah. So I, I would probably say Carr in my opinion, but again, um, you know, it's it's it. Oh, it this is. would be an interesting game. I think this is a test for both teams, right? I think yeah, I mean, it really yeah. is kind of a a, a must-win game, and it's one that's really going to set the rep. This is a reputation game. Let me yeah. say that yep. because if you all come out of this one and three, then it's going to be well, the Chargers are just failing to meet expectations and yep. so forth. If Houston comes out of this 0-3-1, which, by the way, <laughs> they're still winners, as a matter of fact, because ties count as half win, half loss, so there's winning involved. Yep. Um, then it'll be, well, <clears throat> the Levy-Smith experiment didn't work. Why isn't he going to get fired at the end of the year? And Davis Mills needs to go. That's going to be, and those are the storylines that'll never go away the whole season. I mean, yep. theoretically, I think the Chargers would have a better chance of dispelling their storyline if they catch a win streak or something. But just at that point, that's it. That's what every team will have to overcome. Well, interesting. 
Well, it'll be exciting to see. I'm excited to see this game this week. So uh, we'll definitely be in touch. I'm sure I'll be messaging you during the game. Are you going to be at the game, by the way? No. No. Okay. You know, command center. (laughs) Watching the game. We'll, yeah. get, we'll be in touch. I'm excited to uh, get your thoughts on the game as it, as it progresses. And, um, you know, thank you so much again for your time, Mark. I really appreciate it. And I know everybody out there is appreciative of your time as well, too. Um, but uh, uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining. And as always, bolt up. See you guys in the next one. Woo. Let's go.